0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you for wrapping up your week with us. This is your Friday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Orico, and I am your host. You guys can hit me up over on Twitter, at Joe JoeOrico99. You get links to these shows, all the articles I pull together, the Twitter threads. Everything is over on Twitter, so please do go check it out. Throw me a follow, at Joe JoeOrico99. Today, we're going to be looking back on some of yesterday's games. There was only six of them, so we'll get into most of what really happened yesterday We'll look ahead a little bit towards the weekend, talk about a couple of pitching streams that I have in mind, and we'll also do our usual daily breakdown of the waiver wire for those of you who are in daily changes leagues. So we will start by looking back on yesterday. There was a lot of good. There was some, some bad as well. Let's start off with the Rangers and the Marlins. We got a beautiful John Gray outing, six innings, four hits, no earned runs. He struck out five. He is an absolute must-roster player at this point. If you still have him floating around on one of your waiver wires, he's only rostered in 73% of Yahoo leagues. So he will still be floating around. Depending on your league size, he could still be there. The last month, he's pitched to a 221 ERA over 36 innings. He's striking out a lot of batters. He's really not allowing many base runners either. The whip is under one. If he is still floating around, he absolutely needs to be added. Uh, it's a little higher over on ESPN. He's about 83% rostered. But on Yahoo, we're looking at just 73 So. In more competitive leagues, it's going to be hard to find him, uh, wherever you are, whatever format, whatever, anything. It, it's going to be a little tricky to find John Gray, but if you're in the average 12-team league, he's may or may not be rostered, so he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on there if he is floating around. His counterpart, Pablo Lopez, had a bit of a rough outing, gave up five earned runs, walked three batters, It just wasn't great. Uh, It wasn't a great showing for Lopez. He's still very solid. He showed us this whole year that even though there's been some ups and downs, it's all evened out to a 3.14 ERA, uh, 1.09 whip. Still very solid. Now, he's not as elite as we may have thought early in the season. Uh, Through May 18th, his ERA was 1.57. Not exactly what we've seen so far or since then. Uh, He's fallen off a little bit. He's not in that same category as some of those other guys we may have thought. I remember early in the year, I was thinking there's a chance Pablo Lopez could be the Cy Young winner, but it's not looking very likely at this point. Uh, on the hitting side, not really too much to talk about. Leody Tavares had a couple more hits. He's ventured his way into must-roster territory at this point, I think. Uh, he's. I don't think he's going to sustain that forever, and the batting average will come down. His BABIP is like 450. It's ridiculous. It will come down, but while he is hot like this, I think it makes sense to ride the hot hand well, or if you can in your league. I know he's been scooped up a lot of places, but if he's still floating around out there, uh, I would really think about going and adding him. Let's talk about Tariq Skubal. He had himself a really solid game yesterday. Six strong, giving up two hits, one unearned run while striking out nine, walking two. The numbers are very strong, and if you look at some of the underlying stuff with Skubal, it's very strong as well. I know a lot of people are very, very angry after June, they kind of, well, not a lot of leagues, but about 15% of leagues over on Yahoo he was dropped in. He went from upper 90s to mid-70s, or I should say lower 90s to about mid-70s roster percentage. But really, he's had some bad luck this season, if you dig into it. Uh, his FIP is really low. It's 3.02, and the ERA is 3.88. It sh- he should be doing a little bit better than he has done. Strikeouts are very good. Uh, 18.6 strikeout minus walk percentage. And he's only left 65% of batters on base this season. It's the third worst number among qualified pitchers. He's definitely a little iffy. Uh, going into the year, I wasn't huge on him. And then he was great. And then there was some BS a little bit there in June. Obviously, we all we all saw what happened to him in June. But he's not someone who should be on waiver wires in, in standard size leagues. I really like Tariq Skubal. Yes, he doesn't play for a great team, but he's in a pretty solid ballpark for a pitcher. Very, very spacious, tends to keep the ball in the yard more so than other places. The strikeouts are good. The whip is still pretty good. Overall, I still really like Scooble. If he's just sitting there on waiver wires, I would go ahead and scoop him up. Let's talk about Frankie Montes. He only threw three innings yesterday, but they were promising. Now, they kept him at, I believe it was 53 pitches. He threw 30 for strikes, gave up two hits, no earned runs. He struck out five and walked one. This is an abundance of caution, I am sure, from Oakland. They don't want to have him get re-injured again before the trade deadline. This is a showcase for him, essentially, uh, these next couple of weeks. I'm sure he'll, well, how much time do we have before the deadline here? Uh, there'll be at least one more start for him, and then, uh, yeah, probably just one more midweek next week, and then that will be, that'll be it before the deadline. you got to hope that he stays healthy and he's able to actually go out there and throw maybe five innings next time. That, I think that would be the minimum of what you're looking for if you're trying to acquire Montes. Probably at least five-ish innings, 70-some-odd pitches. I think that would probably get the job done, assuming that all is well. Uh, he's healthy. He needs to get out of Oakland. I've been saying it for a long time. I titled the show that a month ago or so. Like, can we please get Frankie Montes just out of here? It's, it's not conducive to good mental health for anybody, for him, or for his fantasy owners, he's pitched really well this season over his 99 innings, 3.16 ERA, and he has a 3-9 and nine record. It's just not really fair at this point for Montes or for people like myself who have any kind of shares. I only have him in one league, so it's not that bad. But uh, I'd really appreciate if, he, uh, if they get on this and move him. Hopefully they move him on trade deadline day because I've talked about this before. Going to be live on trade deadline day from 3.30 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. A lot of great analysts are going to be coming on. I hope we get a bunch of trades that day. I hope we get a Juan Soto trade. That would be fantastic. I'm just hoping that too many deals don't get done before the deadline and leave us there on deadline day with all these people and there's nothing happening. I'm just hoping hoping you guys take your time, make these deals happen right on August the 2nd. Uh, A couple more things we'll touch on from yesterday. So Jordan Montgomery had himself another really good start, like a really solid. He gave up seven hits, but other than that, he struck out eight, only two earned runs, working into the seventh inning. For the season, his ERA is 3.24, his whip is 1.05, and yet you'd think he pitches for Oakland because he only has three wins. The remarkable thing, really, aside from the wins, is that he only has five decisions in his 19 starts. He's 3-2. and You'd think he was a relief pitcher. It's... It's just unlucky that whenever he's out there, they don't really give him any run support. If you just look at these numbers, you think he needs to be on a roster. If you throw the name away and you just look at what he's done so far this season, he is absolutely a must-roster player. Uh, he's, I think he's over 70%, 73-ish percent rostered. If he is still floating around, though, he's pitching for a great team. He's bound to get more wins in the second half. Those numbers have been really solid. I would go ahead and... Now, Domingo Herman in the nightcap fared about as well as I expected him to do. He threw three innings, gave up six hits, five earned runs, struck out two. Uh, there's a couple of first-inning home runs there. Overall, I think he can have some deeper league value. Now, a lot of it depends on when and if Luis Severino comes back. Now, he, I think he is expected to be okay in a week or so, so um, there's no reason to think he won't come back. But if there is, say, some, some bigger problem with Severino than we really know of, then perhaps Herman can have some deeper league value and right now with Severino out I think you can roster him if you're in AL only and 15 plus team leagues I think there is a spot for him there but it definitely did not inspire confidence yesterday to watch him pitch he was not great I think he will get a bit better and I would be I'd be okay to have him in a deeper league but if you're just in a in a standard format no need to uh, to go rush into an ad there now, Luis Garcia got the victory in this game on the other side. He threw five innings, gave up three hits, two earned runs, six strikeouts. He was very solid, no question. He was very solid. That's not really the noteworthy thing. Ryan Presley is on the paternity list. I wish he would let us know these kind of things in advance so we can plan it out. What are you going to do? Rafael Montero is the guy who got the, the, uh, the save opportunity last night. He pitched two-thirds of an inning in the ninth. Give up one hit to get uh, his seventh save of the season. If you're desperate for saves this weekend and you really need that push, he could probably get you one more this weekend. I think it's within the realm of possibility that they can go out there, that he can go out there and grab one save against Seattle. I think it's possible, and if you're really desperate, he's a decent option. The last game that happened last night I'll just quickly talk about was the Dodgers and the Giants. It was a 6-9 Dodgers victory. It went uh, back and forth a little bit. The Dodgers were up 4 nothing, and then it was – or, sorry, they were up 5 nothing, and then it was 5-5, and then it was 6-5, and then it was 9-6, and it was just uh, a tough, tough game for sure for – I think both fan bases were kind of going back and forth a little bit on Twitter, but at times it looked like it was rough for both of them, and it ended up with uh, the better team coming out on top So the Dodgers threw Mitch White yesterday. I wasn't really big on a Mitch White ad, but he proved me wrong. Threw five innings, only gave up one hit. Granted, he only struck out one batter, but five innings a shutout ball. You'll take that most of the time. Obviously, the strikeouts are not great, only one of them there, but it's not a really massive deal. I've said it a lot about Mitch White. I'm kind of indifferent about him. He's an okay guy to stream in (laughs) here and there. Uh, He's not a must-roster player. I think he's fine. Uh, I wasn't big on him going into yesterday. I just didn't have a lot of confidence coming out of the break. His last start before the break was terrible. He did well. I'll give him credit there. He did pretty well. I wouldn't be rushing to pick him up, though. On the other side, Carlos Rodon had himself a rough start yesterday. No question. He gave up five earned runs, struck out seven, walked two, and uh, also allowed six hits. The ERA is still a 2.95. It's still very good. He's bounced around, though, a little bit this season for sure, Rodon. He started off fantastic Fell off a little bit. Then he was great. Hopefully this is not the start of uh, a rough patch for him. I know it is against the Dodgers right out of the all-star break. So it's understandable that it was not going to be your best effort. Let's move on now to some waiver wire stuff. There was only six games yesterday and two of them involved Detroit and Oakland. One of them involved Texas and Miami. Just not a great day for your average baseball fan. If you're just you know excited coming out of the break, yes, the Yankees-Astros doubleheader was good. Giants-Dodgers is good. The other game is not so great. Today we're back at it with 14 games, so we're going to be talking about some of the more added and dropped players today. I find this really helpful for daily changes. Leagues just go over all the most added, all the most dropped players and just kind of give you a brief evaluation. If you are new to the show and this is your first time listening, that's what we are going to do here. So Braxton Garrett. I like Braxton Garrett, and he had a really good start against the same Pittsburgh team he's facing today, just eight days ago where he struck out 11, six shutout innings. He was fantastic. And I said at the time, we have to keep an eye in the second half for uh, possible good streaming opportunities. And right out of the gate, he gets one here against Pittsburgh. I think he's this pretty solid stream where he's available still. He was scooped up a decent little bit today, uh, 12% add from over from last week. Uh, he went up from 6% to 18% rostered. He's still going to be available in a lot of leagues. He's a good option here against Pittsburgh. Uh, by far, he is the most added player, well over 6,000 Yahoo ads. Everybody else is under the 3,000 mark. Um, so Kyle Gibson is the next guy being added. He's about 2,700 adds up from yesterday. He's had a couple of good starts in a row heading into the break against St. Louis and Miami. He gets the Cubs today. It's a good opportunity for him to have a good outing. Not going to strike out a lot of batters, but he's good chance. He's going to be able to give you a win and some decent ratio. so Kyle Gibson, he's an all-right stream. Uh, if you can get him, my favorite guy to add today, pitching-wise, is Drew Rasmussen. He gets Kansas City. He's done very well this season, and it's not really well documented. He's got a three twenty two ERA and a one point one six WHIP over his seventy two and two thirds innings. Five wins. He's done very well. He gets a poor Kansas City lineup today. He's a good stream. The fourth streamer, the last one here, I would be focusing on, but still a decent option uh, is Cole Irvin. Cole Irvin gets Texas today. He's had three really good starts in a row against Toronto, Houston, or two against Houston and one against Toronto. He's handled his own in all three of those matchups against tough opponents. I'm not a huge Cole Irvin fan. <clears throat> I wouldn't go out here and tell you that I am. But he's been performing well. He gets a fairly poor offense today in Texas. A middle-of-the-road offense. They're not poor, but they're, they're somewhere in the middle. I mean, Corey Seager, we talked about it a couple days ago, I think. Corey Seager and Semyon have done very well recently. Everyone else, yeah, there's, there's some there's some decent bats in there with Haim and Nathaniel Lowe, but overall it's a pretty good opportunity here uh, for a good start for Urban against the. Let's keep it rolling with some position player ads, and Ramon Urias is the most added position player today. He did really well in those couple weeks leading up to the All-Star break. He was 15 for his last 39. He had three homers, 20 runs plus RBIs, so seven runs, 13 RBIs in that frame. I like him as more of a deeper league guy, but if you want to stream him in 12s right now just to kind of ride the hot streak, I'm totally cool with that. He's eligible at second, third, and short. Very easy to plug into your lineup. I don't think he'll be a long-term solution, but if you can go and add him for a little boost for this next week or however long, I would go and do it. Kyle Lewis. You guys remember Kyle Lewis? It feels like he never plays baseball anymore. Barely played at all last season, 130 at-bats. He's only had 15 so far this year. He's been activated off of the injured list, and he, I believe, will be starting today. Um, they haven't announced a lineup here, but he's back. So I I would tentatively say, yeah, that he is an add. In, um, I don't think 12-team leagues he's really going to cut it, at least at first. I think in 15s he's a must-add, and in five, outfielder, in five outfielder formats he's a must-add. But if you're just talking a standard three-outfielder 12-team league, I don't know that he's necessarily going to play every single day, at least not at first. I'm a little worried about how much value there's going to be there. So five outfielder and 15s, even like 14-team league, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with it. If you're in a 12 or if you're in a three-outfielder league, I don't know that he's going to cut it. So that's that's where I stand on Kyle Lewis. Leody Tavares. he's still available in 43% of leagues. He's been at it quite a bit. He's jumped up like – just this week and the week before. It was like 30-something percent. He wasn't on nobody's radar. He's up to 57% rostered. Over the last week, he's the third-ranked player with literally a 432 batting average over 37 at-bats. Yeah, it's 37 at-bats, but you look at the whole year, it's 90 at-bats. He's batting 344. Granted, the BABIP is crazy high. It will come down. But if you want to add him in the short term for some steals, the odd homer, a little bit of an average boost until he comes back down to earth. I'd be totally cool with that as well. Yohan Moncada is the next guy we will discuss, and he has been added quite a bit by people this last week. I mean, he's performed. I'll give him that. Over the last two weeks, he's batting 12 for his last 37 with a couple of home runs. He scored 10 times. I just don't trust it anymore. I just don't have any faith that this is going to be consistent. And let's say it is consistent. Let's say he's even able to do what he did last year. It was a two sixty-three average, 14 home runs, Decent amount of runs, 74. Stole three bases. I don't think he's must roster, even if he does perform better than he's been. Uh, I talked about him a couple weeks ago as being someone to cut bait from, and I still think that that's the case. Now, it's probably not easy to do right now in the midst of a little mini hot streak, so if you want to ride out whatever is remaining in this little streak of his, I'm totally cool with that. I just long-term with Moncada. He's been so disappointing as a whole just over these last couple of years in fantasy. I'm not ready to change my outlook on him based on a hot few games here. I still think that he is a drop in redraft. Now, down the line, is there still hope for him to turn things around? Yeah, but for this year, uh, we're getting to the point of the year where it's put-up or shut-up time. I I think that once this little streak he's on cools down, uh, you're going to be all right to send him back to the waiver wire. But I I would not be adding him for sure. A couple other pitchers being added here to a lesser extent today. Brad Keller against Tampa. It's a little risky for sure. He's coming off a good outing against Detroit, but I mean, it's Detroit. You got to keep that in mind. He's facing a much better team here. I'd probably stay away from Brad Keller. Cal Quantrill's been added for his start against the White Sox. And Quantrill is another guy who's, eh, I'm not massive on. No strikeouts, okay ratios, but I don't think the ratios really justify the lack of K's here. 375 ERA. whip, but only 63 strikeouts in 100 innings. I'm leaving Quantrill alone. Jamison Tyone has been added in the few leagues where he is available, still 76% rostered. If he is still sitting out there on waivers, go ahead and add him. He doesn't walk anybody. He pitches for a really solid team here. Strikeouts are okay, 82 in 100 innings. They're not going to blow you away, but I'll definitely take 82 in 100 innings over 63, plus pitching for the Yankees there. I have a lot more faith in Tyone. Plus, he's facing Baltimore tonight if he's still sitting on waiver wires. I doubt there's many of them, but go ahead and pick him up. A couple more position players we'll talk about here, and then we'll move on to the drop. So Josh Naylor, he's finally hit the 40% roster. Earlier in the year, he was up in like the 60s or 70s when he was on that really hot run. I still think that he is a must roster player in a lot of cases. I mean, first base and outfield eligibility, decent power, pretty solid power, 13 home runs. Let's say he's on pace for a 23 to 25 home run season, 47 RBIs, so let's say he ends up with 75-80 and he's batting 274. So, 25 home runs, 80 RBIs, that's the high. Let's call it the lower end of the projections, 22 home runs, 75 RBIs and a 274 batting average. That'll play pretty much anywhere, mix him up infield, outfield eligibility. No reason that I see why Josh Naylor is still available in 60%. Let's talk about Aaron Hicks. He went two for six over the course of the doubleheader yesterday. He scored a run. I really like Aaron Hicks. I think that he's undervalued to some degree. He's only 23% rostered. Now, he is more of a five-outfielder guy, but he's batting in the, the best lineup in baseball, our very short list of best lineups in baseball. He's stealing more bases. The power has come around, and he's hitting for a decent average recently as well. So, I I'm hesitant to say he's a standard league ad. I like them. I like him a lot in like fifteens for sure, and in three outfield leagues. In twelves, uh, might be tricky to be able to sneak him in there. This is similar to what I said about Kyle Lewis. Fifteens for sure, but twelves uh, might be a little bit. Let's get into the drops, and then we'll talk about a couple of weekend streamers, and I'll send you guys on your way. So Domingo Herman, he is the leading drop today. Nearly 3,000 leagues. By the time you guys hear this, it'll probably be over 3,000 leagues that have dropped him. In a deep league, I'm still holding on. If if you pick him up in a 12 just to stream him in, I don't know that he's really going to cut it there. People continue to cut Harold Ramirez. He's on the 10-day IL with his fractured thumb. Now, they're saying that it's only going to be a couple of weeks, but he was already way overperforming, what you can expect from him. Over the last month, he's been batting 390. He doesn't provide a lot other than average recently anyway, even though he has been hot over these last two weeks. Zero home runs, zero steals. The last month, one home run, one steal. I'm totally cool to cut Harold Ramirez. Chris Sale has been dropped quite a bit. I talked about it yesterday. I think that he is definitely a drop. Actually, I don't know if I mentioned Sale yesterday. I mentioned Walker Bueller. I mentioned Flaherty. I mentioned Shane Baz, but he can be thrown into that mix as well. I, it's unfortunate, and you and you feel for the guy, but he's going to be out at least. I don't even think they've provided a timetable, but it's going to be like the, the what they're saying is they're not ruling out a return later this season, which is code for – maybe we'll get a September outing out of you. Hopefully we'll get you for some playoff appearances. And we're talking about fantasy baseball, the regular season here. That's when it ends at the end of September or October 5th, I guess you got to ask yourself, is he going to be starting before October the 5th? And maybe he does get a start, but is it worth holding him for two months now? Just to hope that he gets a start? Like, ah, that's not really what I'm going to be doing with Chris sale for me. He's going to be dropped. You move on to the next thing. If you miss out on two good starts later in the year, I think you can make up for that with different streams and the way you'd use that roster spot in the meantime. So he is a clear-cut drop to me. And I hate I hate that that's what it's become with Chris Sale. Last year, he threw, what, 42 innings. This year, it's five innings. You, you, you feel bad, and you, you put him in the same kind of grouping as Steven Strasburg for me as guys who are – uh, maybe not done. I think Strasburg's probably closer to being done, but uh, both of these guys, I think, are nearing the end of their careers. Unfortunate to see them kind of kind of fizzle out like this. But Sale, for me, he's he's a pretty clear drop. Jake Odorizzi has been dropped quite a bit. I'm not really sure exactly why. I think it might be the Lance McCullers news. I think they said that he's close to a return. Um, yeah, he's starting his rehab assignment, so I think it's preemptive cuts on Jake Odorizzi, people assuming maybe they just need the roster space, and he didn't have a great outing uh, right before the break. I mean, it was, it was going well, and then it fell apart near the end from what I remember. I think it's a little soon to be cutting him. I, I, I don't think he's so essential to rosters that it's like, oh, my God, you cut Jake Odorizzi. But I think that he can have some value. I wouldn't be rushing to drop him right now. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, He starts July the 25th, which is, is that Monday? Yeah, so he starts next Monday against Oakland. It's a pretty decent opportunity to have him start there against a poor team. I wouldn't be rushing to drop Jake Odorizzi personally. Mitch White's been sent back to waivers quite a bit. He had a decent start yesterday, but I think he was more of a stream for people, so they've just sent him back, no need to hold on. A lot of the other drops here are guys that you'd kind of expect. They were just kind of middling pitchers who people might just be doing inventory on their rosters, and they've dropped these guys. So Chris Flexen, he's been dropped quite a bit. He's okay. We talked about him. I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before. He's all right, but I don't think uh, he really does enough. Similarly to, who else was I talking about? It was in uh, in that same kind of vein. It was Cal Quantrill. I just don't think that these guys do enough in the other categories to justify the terrible strikeout numbers. So Flexen, I'm cool to move on from as well. Austin Gomber, 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 I'm not even sure how he likes to pronounce it. I'm fine to move on from him as well. He's only 7% rostered, and he's actually gone up 2% in his rostering over the last uh, week. So I don't really understand that. He's on the drop list today. I totally get that. No need to be on rosters. Isak Parade, same thing. No need to keep him around. He's really fallen off recently and it was always bound to happen. Yuli Gurriel is someone who is an interesting one because he was the batting champion last season. He's just been really piss poor this year. He's batting 2.35, only 7 home runs. He's stolen you 3 bases, which is probably his biggest contribution to this point in the season. But I think we're I think it's fairly safe to say that you can drop Yuli Gurriel. He's had a decent run of it this last couple of weeks. He's batting 3.06, but he's not providing anything else besides an okay average recently. And for the year, it's only a 235. Is he capable of doing better? Yeah, like I said, he was the batting champion last year for sure. Can he turn it around? It's possible, and a lot of people will hold the entire year just on the possibility of a turnaround, similarly to, like, Max Muncie, People will just hold and hold and hold and hope for the best. I'd be all right, especially with a limited position eligibility for, uh, for Guriel, just first base, I'd be all right to drop him. Riley Green, people are dropping Riley Green quite a bit. He seems like he started to figure it out a little bit recently, so I wouldn't be rushing to drop him. It's obviously been disappointing, but if you've held on for this long, I'd keep holding on for another week or two just to try and see what he can give you because he's been pretty solid. He's definitely been solid recently over the last week. He's just outside the top 100, 111th ranked player, uh, five for his last 18. It doesn't blow you away. It's a small sample size, but it's definitely better than what we've seen from him, so... I'm all right to hold on to Riley Green, give him a little bit more time. More drops. It's Shane Boz. Yes, good. Tanner Scott's been dropped. I don't know why they used him yesterday when they were down by six runs. He came in and he just pooed on my ERA a little bit to start off the week. I don't get it. He's still getting saves over there, though. If you're getting save opportunities in this league, you are fantasy relevant, at least to some degree. So I would not be dropping Tanner Scott yet. It's not a lot of leagues, but someone else who's been dropped a bit today is Ramon Loriano. I don't get it. I Make it make sense, guys. I don't, I don't know why people are dropping him. I talked about him the other day on Twitter. I think he's going to get traded. I think a lot of people assume he'll be traded. Better ballpark, better lineup. He's able to provide power and speed with an all-right average. You should be jumping on Ramon Loriano if he's available in your league. And I think that even applies down to like a 12 teamer. I think that he can have 12-team value. Even in a three outfielder format. Like, if he's anything beyond that, if you're in anything deeper than 12, any more outfielders than three on your roster, Loriano is a must roster player for me. Absolutely. Over the last month, he has seven home runs, four steals, 13 RBIs, only batting 242. But like, I think we talked about this one a couple days ago as well because it was on Twitter. He has had seasons batting over 280 in the past. I I don't know why you'd be dropping Loriano. For me, I would definitely be holding on there. Let's move on now to a couple of weekend streaming options. We talked about today, if I had to choose, I'd say Rasmussen and Cole Irvin probably. If you can get Braxton Garrett, I like that one as well, but it makes me a little bit nervous. Back-to-back outings against the same team always make me a little nervous. I think he'll probably be okay, but if you can get uh, Rasmussen, that would be my he would be my number one guy. He's about 60% rostered, so it's a little iffy, but... If he's there, then I would make sure he's not there for anybody else. couple of guys I want to talk about for this weekend. And the first one, I, don't, I can't even believe I'm doing this in the year 2022, but it's Johnny Cueto. We're on a very limited kind of streaming day tomorrow when you go through the pitchers who are pitching. We'll just quickly run through them. So the Jays and Red Sox, it's Alec Manoa and Cutter Crawford. Neither of those guys are going to be streaming options for one reason or another. Tristan McKenzie, he's not available. He's not a streaming option. Verlander and Gilbert, no. Stroman and Wheeler, no. Joe Ryan, Michael Pineda, maybe you want to argue Michael Pineda, he has not been very good, so for me it's a no. Steven Matson, Mike Miner, no for me there. Garrett Cole, Jordan Lyles, there's no streams. Snell and Bassett, no streams. Urena and Woodruff, no streams. Wood and Urias. Sandoval and Wright, I think you guys get the gist. It's There's not a lot of great options available tomorrow. We're either talking about guys who are already on rosters, who are rostered in well over 80 plus percent of leagues or we're talking about guys who you wouldn't want to stream if it was the most desperate stream in your life like Lyles against the Yankees even though Lyles hasn't been that bad um, I, you just wouldn't want to go for it there now interesting that Steven Matz will be returning I actually didn't know that before I, uh, I hit the record button I didn't see that that news had come out uh, They took him off the aisle a couple days ago and he will be starting on Saturday. So I don't, I'm not big on Steven Matz. I, I like him all right. I wouldn't be rushing to add him here in a matchup at Great American Small Park. But in terms of Johnny Cueto, he's got a decent matchup here against the Guardians. He's at home. Everybody has been talking about the White Sox, about how they they should be doing a lot better than they have done so far this season. They're exactly 500. They went on a little bit of a run there before the break, so it's possible that that kind of thing carries over. And so far, Johnny Cueto, he's been fairly lucky to this point of the year, but he's been very serviceable still. 280 ERA, 1.16 whip. The walks are a little bit higher than you'd like, 19 walks and 74 innings, but still, he's been pretty valuable. In terms of streamers tomorrow, if you're looking for anybody, he's about as solid of an option as you're going to find. Now, Sunday is interesting. Sunday is another day where, first of all, we haven't had too many starters announced. There are still about five-ish games at the time of recording where we don't have any starters or we just have one starter. And a lot of games I'm seeing here, again, not great streaming opportunities. Bieber and Cease, Michaelis and Molly, uh, Perez and Blackburn. There's just not a lot of streams here from what we have already announced. Framber Valdez and Robbie Ray, Alex Cobb and Clayton Kershaw, Joe Musgrove and Carlos Carrasco. Right after the All-Star break, we're seeing a lot of aces start because they've had breaks. Teams are starting at the beginning of their rotations again, and you might as well. Start from one, everybody's all fresh. So that's why there's not a lot of streams because a lot of one through three guys in rotations are going. Those guys are already rostered. The most interesting thing I saw when looking at Sunday's slate, and I've been asked about this a couple times on Twitter, and I've seen other people talk about it, is that Juwan Duran is scheduled to start Sunday against the Tigers. Is this an error? If it is an error, then it's an error that both ESPN and Yahoo have made. When you're looking through Twitter, a couple of people have mentioned it, but there have been no official announcements. I don't know exactly if this is true, if this is an error. You figure, you'd hope that if it was an error... That it's not something that would be done by multiple sites. Maybe one site just looks at the other site. Who knows exactly what their what their game plan is? I think regardless, Duran should be on rosters because of the high strikeouts, because of the saves. I mean, this would be this would honestly kind of annoy me if he does become a full time starter, which is what he was always in the minor leagues. Always a starting pitcher. They put him in the pen this year. I like that you get the odd save out of him with good ratios and he doesn't usually go for too long in games. I've really enjoyed rostering him in a few different leagues because he's been just very consistent. 236 ERA, .98 whip, 51 strikeouts in 42 innings. I like that. Now, if he can go into the rotation and be a solid starter, it's very hard to find solid, consistent pitching on the waiver wire. So I'm not going to complain if he's successful here. I'm just a little little nervous about this whole thing for whatever reason. I don't know why. He's always been a starting pitcher, so it shouldn't really bother me there. I think I'm just nervous because I have a ton of shares, and I don't depend on those saves because there's not that many of them. You can't really depend on them. Six for the year. I just liked having someone like him come in and throw two innings, and I know that he's not usually going to going to blow things up. I know he had a couple of rough outings before the break, but I just like him in the pen. Um if he can go and do what Ranger Suarez did last season, go get a couple of saves, and then a spot start turns into a great stretch of starting pitching where he carried a lot of people to championships, Ranger, Ranger Suarez did last year. He was fantastic down the stretch. We all added him for saves, and then he turned around and started starting games and pitching to like a low ones ERA. It was obviously unsustainable, but it was a great run. If we can get something like that at Duran, you're not going to hear me complain one time. I'm just a little cautious that eh, maybe maybe he'll do it, maybe he won't, maybe he'll get blown up on Sunday and it'll ruin your week. Ah, Shit, I don't know, man. I'd add him, I'd still add him because if he is going to be stretched out, he'll still have a, a lot of value and it's it might even be more value depending on how how badly you need the saves that he gives you. It's not, like I said, two in the last month, six over the year. It helps. It's not something that you can really rely upon, though. If he's able to start going, you know, starting games and going five, six innings, striking out ten batters, seven between seven and ten batters every time out, uh, that's pretty damn valuable off the waiver wire. So I'm going to be adding him in the places where I don't already have him rostered. He's 49% rostered on Yahoo. As people hear this news, if it is confirmed, the roster percentage will go up. And I think it should go up regardless. Duran has been solid good provider of strikeouts and ratios with the odds save only one victory but those are kind of a crapshoot you can't predict those adam simber has like eight wins or something for the jays and it's like he doesn't really deserve a lot of them but it's just very random who gets wins in a in any given bullpen so i would be adding duran even if he's just going to be in the bullpen i love what he's done this season i love the speed i love the movement if he starts then he starts. You see, if you need to start him on Sunday, if you just need a boost in strikeouts, then that would be a huge bonus. You know, you th- you already have, especially if you already just had him rostered, you don't need to use a move on him. You need some Ks on Sunday, well, one of your relievers is going to start the game and probably give you between six, seven, and ten strikeouts. I've been big on him the whole year, honestly. I don't even know what I'm hoping for here. I'm hoping for a great start and he stays in the rotation or if I'm hoping for, you know, a poor start and he keeps his bullpen kind of high leverage role or if I'm hoping that this is all just a hoax and a mistake and it's not really happening, I'm not sure exactly what I want other than good outings from Durant. I mean, I know it sounds stupid, but I, I don't really honestly care too much what role he provides because where I have him, the league where I have him, I have Jordan Romano and I have Josh Hader in those leagues, so I'm not really so worried about saves. I'd rather just have consistent performances from him, which is what it, what he's been giving us. I just, I, I'm in my head torn between whether I prefer that that be, you know, one start to two starts a week or three relief appearances a week with probably a little bit lower risk than those starts would have. I'm still... I'm still not sure how I feel about it, but I do know that he absolutely needs to be added, regardless of situation. One more thing we will do today before I let you go is we will talk about my pitching matchup of the day. I forgot to do it yesterday. Stupid me right out of the all-star break. Ah, I fell by the wayside. We will not let that happen again. There's one pitching matchup tonight that should be on everybody's radar above the rest of them, and that is, of course, you, Darvish, and Max Scherzer. We have some other great pitchers going tonight. Like I said... It's hard to find streams this week, this weekend because all these teams are starting their rotations fresh. They're bringing out the number one guy and then the number two guy, so there's not really a lot of streaming opportunities here. And we have some really solid arms tonight, but the best one, the best matchup has got to be you, Darvish, and Max Scherzer. There's, just, there's no one else that really can compete with this, especially the way Scherzer has been coming off of the IL. His three starts have been fantastic. Two earned runs against the Cubbies last time, which is – about as bad as you're going to see Scherzer get. 11 strikeouts, 2 earned runs, working into the 7th inning. Really looking forward to this one. You Darvish on the other side. He's been a lot better than I expected. Uh, earlier in the year, we saw that his strikeout numbers were way down, and I was like, sell Darvish. I'm not big on him right now. The numbers are not supporting it. The Statcast page was ugly, but he's turned it around. Uh, he's been really solid, really over the most of the season, despite some early troubles. ERA is at 3.41. The whip is at 0.99. Strikeouts are the only thing. They're still not fully where they should be with Darvish. They've been better, but just for context, in 108 innings, he has 100 strikeouts. Last year, in 166 innings, he had 199 strikeouts. Now, the ERA and the whip are better, so you'll take that trade off. He already has as many wins as he had last year, you'll take that as well. Overall, it's just a fantastic matchup that should be more than worth watching. There's a couple other decent games tonight, matchup-wise, Otani and Charlie Morton. We have Logan Webb and Tyler Anderson. They should all be worth it. But for me, uh, I'm going to be tuned in mostly to Darvish and Scherzer. I'll probably mix it around a little bit, watch a little bit of the Jays because it's on at the same time. But I think that that one will be the most worthwhile game tonight. Just a little announcement now before I let you guys go. I'm going to be a part of Justin Mason's Potapalooza this weekend. You guys remember Justin. He was just on the show a few days ago. We talked about some predictions for the second half. Now, all of this is going to be to benefit a charity called Big League Impact, which was created by Adam Wainwright. Its main goal is to stop global poverty. It is a great cause. I'm going to be live at 2 p.m. Eastern time talking first-half hitter disappointments, and there are a lot of them. We're going to go over them with Patrick Davitt from Baseball HQ, fellow Canadian, Marty Tallman, and Britton Allen, both from Triple Play Fantasy. This is going to be a lot of fun, and it's all for a great cause. I'm just looking at the list right now of all the different prizes that they have. There's different shirts from different companies: Rasball, Fantasy Alarm, Roto Wear, uh, the Triple Play Fantasy Swag. There are subscriptions to different websites. So SP Streamer is offering a three-month subscription. Eric Cross is offering a year subscription to Fantrax, Toolshed's Patreon. Literally, there's so much stuff going on here. A guest appearance on Baseball HQ Radio, a year subscription to Pitcher List. Like, there is a ton of great stuff. I believe that for every dollar you donate, you're going to be entered into, you're going to get one raffle ticket out of it. So the more you donate, the more you help out a great cause, and the more great prizes that you are going to put yourself in line for. So go ahead. Donate there. All of the information is at Justin Mason's Twitter account if you want to follow him, at Justin Mason FWFB, He's got all the donation stuff, all the links to where you can find these shows out. They'll be tweeted out by a bunch of different people, but I just wanted to give that a plug because it is a great cause. I'm really, really honored to be a part of it, and it should be a lot of fun talking some fantasy baseball and, of course, uh, doing some good, doing some good in the world. I'll leave you guys there. That is the end of the week. That is the end of our show. I think this is episode 90 now. We're closing in on 100. i got to figure out something to do for episode 100 for you guys. Thank you for all of you who have tuned in and have found the show and have stuck with it. I really appreciate that. Hit me up on Twitter at joearico 99 Follow, download, subscribe, all that great stuff. We'll see you tomorrow, if not on Monday. Have a great weekend, guys. Cheers.